This is All Things Therapy, where we are changing consciousness, one conversation at a time. And I'm Lisa Tahir, your host. Hello there. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm Lisa Tahir. Greetings to you on Thursday, June 23rd. I'm going to address a topic today that I've had to navigate myself having to do with complex family relationships and how to handle them, especially in social settings when you gather and see each other. This came to mind as a result of Currently, I'm in New Orleans. I've actually been here for a very extended period of time by choice, coming home to where I'm, I was born and raised to spend some time here as opposed to so much travel to and from Los Angeles, where, where I also live. And it's really been nice to ground myself in New Orleans the last six plus months, really work on my house from Hurricane Ida and all kinds of repairs I've been wanting to do and changing out light fixtures even and upgrading things. And um, because of the time here, I have seen my family members a lot more than I do when I'm in LA because everyone lives here in New Orleans. And for many of you listening or watching, it's it's both really wonderful and also very challenging to be around, live around your family. And so I wanted to address that today with some of the ways I've navigated that. <coughs> Pardon me when I cough. I am recovering from a cold and on the mend there. So this came up last night. My family came over for dinner to celebrate all of the June birthdays. Most of us have birthdays in June. I do. A couple of my sisters do. My One of my sister's girlfriends does. It was Father's Day. So we did like a big uh, gathering to celebrate all of those things. And in my family, the age variance is like all over the map from parents being in their 80s to I have younger siblings in their uh, late twenties, early thirties. I'm like, I'm, it, we're, I'm 51. I turned 51. And so we kind of spread the gamut of, of ages and, and there's, it makes it diverse and fun, but just to kind of cut to the point of things, it's been challenging navigating my family, especially the parents, the parental figures, you know, growing up, I've talked about, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy situation. There was um, a lot of skills my parents didn't have and the way they handled their emotions being very explosive um, caused some harm to my siblings and I. And I handle things differently today than I did earlier on. Earlier on, I just avoid them. I just wouldn't see them. It was like, I don't, I don't even want to be around you. And you know, kind of did that thing for a while, as some of you might have done. And it felt at the time like the best that I could do because it was just so conflictual. And I just didn't even want to be around them as a young person, as a teenager, and totally spent time exclusively with friends. And I started therapy when I was 21 to kind of get a handle on, on all this stuff. And 
me, like I think you could be as well. When you do something, when you experience something that's so awesome, that's so life-changing, like you just want to tell everyone, especially family and friends you're closest to. So for years, I would like almost brow browbeat my family to go to therapy. Oh my gosh, you have to go to therapy. It's amazing. You get to talk about yourself with someone who really is trying to understand you and your patterns and what you've been through. And it's just so supportive. And I couldn't understand why my parents didn't want to go to therapy, like had no interest. And <laughs> it really frustrated me. And so for years, I kind of was on that bandwagon of you need to go to therapy, like you're projecting all over the place onto all of us and just all of the tactics, you know, like over, under, around and through to try to encourage the elders in my family to seek therapy, which is really seeking healing as I was doing to be able to become just who, who I want to be and not operating from these uh, programs and patterns of thought and belief running the background of my life anymore. I wanted to choose what I wanted to believe. Like the world is a wonderful place. They're like amazing people that are kind and they want to help you and, you know, would give the shirt off their back in so many ways to, to make my life better. And I just wanted to help my parents understand that instead of their perspective of people looking to screw you over and, and all that kind of such. I feel like you get where I'm coming from you know, to no avail. And then at some point in my growth and development, it's like, fuck it. You know, if you don't want to go to therapy, just, you know, just accepting that people get, they get to live with their choices, even when it differs from mine, even if it's going to make their life harder or worse rather than better and coming into a place of peace, you know, especially now you're like, Oh my God, like if you don't want to go to therapy, you know, whatever you're gonna live in the way you have and you know that's fine for a lot of people and it was hard for me to understand y'all because i'm really about growth and i'm a teacher to my core it's why i love being a therapist people that are, that are just open and receptive to a growth mindset like i am it's it's like there's always something to learn you know who am i to think that i know everything there is to know about living and life when there's so many more ways to allow life to show itself to you, show itself to me and become easier. And so I've learned recently to just focus on doing that for me in my own life. And if somebody wants to know, they can ask, people do ask, they notice like, oh my gosh, how do all these amazing things come your way? And for me, it's definitely been through a meditation and a prayer practice. Prayer is when we ask. Meditation is where we receive. Sometimes they overlap, certainly. And culminating in, you know, this last night at my house, stepmom, dad, siblings, partners, everybody at my house. And um, some of the same topics come up that used to drive my siblings and I crazy having to do with a parent being really critical and judgmental their way is the right way and and they were speaking from that perspective and i noticed you know i felt like a little like a little annoyance but it was not at all like full blown having to correct them i i did throw in a sidebar conversation at some point when it went on for way too long and I wondered how to intervene. And finally, a sibling did like, hey, we got it. 
hear you. Got it. Done. Let's move on. And uh, when the topic came back up, having to do with eating too much sugar, you know, a lot of people in my family are kind of on the health kick. And, you know, I feel like it's something you really have to have your own personal experience with. It doesn't work to, to try to force or make someone to see how eating so much sugar every day is killing you slowly and causing the ailments you're having. Certainly, yes, that's correct. That's accurate. But if someone's not willing to take the steps to change that pattern, you know, it really just feels like a nag to keep to keep pushing them about it. Like I'm sure I was nagging my family to go to therapy in the past. And I, I did liken it to one of my parents. I said, look, right now what it feels like is what I used to do, telling you for like 20 years to go to therapy. Obviously it wasn't something you wanted to do. I could have let it go years sooner, but somehow I thought by repeating myself over and over in louder volumes, it's going to make a difference. And just like this topic around sugar, until until this person's ready to look at that relationship they have with sugar, you're just going to get really frustrated trying to tell them to stop. It might be better often to get them to a doctor, often hearing from someone else rather than a family member <coughs> or close loved one. We can receive better a lot of the time from people who are not our blood relatives, our partner, our, our girlfriend, our boyfriend, our sister or brother. Um, sometimes it's just easier to hear that information from a stranger, from someone not so closely connected to us. And that's what I sense in this situation, because this family member is actually going to the doctor about some things. And, you know, hopefully the doctor can help them with managing the issues that they're having physically. And this came up and I just was able to sit back and really feel good that though I did feel some some frustration, it was so mild compared to in the past. But I also wondered like how to deal with this because it seems like something always comes up when my family gets together. Like even last night, I lit candles thinking it'd make nice ambiance. And two of my family members, one of them said, which I didn't know, like in Pakistan, when incense are lit or, you know, these smelling things like candles are lit, it's when somebody has died and it's to mask the smell of the body. So for them, it was really triggering in a bad way. And I said, you know what? I appreciate you sharing that. I will make it a point not to burn incense or candles. I totally get it. And then another family member just didn't like candles because they like breathing pure air. So it's just kind of like, oh my God. So my, my siblings and I later were like, are you shitting me? Candles? So y'all, I mean, you deal with this, right? <laughs> Please tell me you do. I'd, I'd love to hear your stories because sometimes the most seemingly, you know, innocuous time can somehow cause someone to dislike something or, or cause a, a conflict. And then we have to manage that. And, and I've made it my business. I choose, I want to see my family. It's really important to me when I'm in New Orleans to gather, to have this time together, especially with um, a parent being in their 80s. Okay, Smelly Cat is walking across the screen. If you're watching, that's my calico smells. And um, look, actually, I'm going to take a pause. I'm going to take a pause, go to my ad sponsor, 
and come back to you about this topic on complex family relationships and navigating them. So do you listening or watching have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. Oops. That's actually who I use. My podcast is hosted on Libsyn. They are awesome. When I have a question, a concern, I email them. Their turnaround time is so quick. This is a high recommend for me. And in my experience hosting on Libsyn, they have everything you need to plan, launch, and to grow your podcast, including metrics that advertisers are going to want to see. And Libsyn captures all of that for you in unique, different groupings and ways. So you have all of your demographics at hand to give to advertisers. Libsyn will point you to the equipment, how to record with great audio, how to upload your podcast onto Apple iTunes and all other platforms. You can upload to social media even. It's really easy and user-friendly. I do it myself every week and have. And as my listener and friend of all things therapy, Libsyn is giving you your first month of podcast hosting for free, which is awesome. Simply go to Libsyn.com and use the code FRIEND. And I'll spell it out for you. L, L like Lisa, I, B, like boy, S, Y, N.com, Libsyn.com, code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D. And they're just awesome. There are other podcast hosting platforms out there. Libsyn, I think is just one of the oldest and the longest going and the best. So get your first month three at free as a friend of all things therapy, Libsyn.com. Use the code friend. Okay, back to this kind of free association on complex family relationships. And, you know, for some of you listening or watching, there might need to be a period of separation, depending on what has transpired between you. I feel like the years I, I spent not, not seeing my family a lot was warranted for me to get to therapy and get a handle on who I wanted to be in my family and setting that boundary and limit. And now having a clear sense of who I am and what's important to me, I'm able to just kind of let some things go. Actually, a lot of things go. Different beliefs, different perspectives. You know, if you believe the world is going to screw you over, you know what? That's what you're going to attract. That doesn't happen in my life. I attract actually the opposite because I believe in people's kindness and benevolence. And I look for ways to be and do that as well for others. And it's self-fulfilling. The self-fulfilling prophecy, it builds. There's a momentum that that gathers and continues in your life once you decide how you're going to show up. And instead of trying to convince my family that my way is better or easier, you know, it comes from a place of love. I think whatever your perspective is, you want to convince someone of something because you want them to be happier or better. And that's why I can sometimes turn to anger, this, you know, impassioned, uh, just desire to get someone to try something or do something differently usually always comes from a really good place. Yet for the receiver of the information, it can really feel like badgering. And that's where we have to sit back and allow that maybe, you know, my family isn't going to act on today what has been so wonderful for me. 
But as I've seen with my siblings, some of them actually have gone to therapy and are loving the changes in their lives and in their relationships. And it seemed to happen when I stopped talking about it and feeling like this is so important for you to go do. And I'm using myself as the example because it's the best way. I don't want to, you know, speak for others. I can speak for myself clearly and seeing how just kind of letting people laying back, sitting back, letting people be who they are versus trying to force so much and knowing that sometimes shit's going to come up like it did last night, lighting a candle and it seemed to like be not the most pleasing thing for people. And then I was like, you know what? It's fine. We don't need to have fucking candles lit. We can just have no candles. It's a okay with me. I don't care either way. And the same thing can go part of my family's Muslim. And in the past, I would be a pork eater eating pork. You know, it's it's uh, in Islam to not eat pork. So now I don't even have pork at family dinners or gatherings. I don't eat it that often anyway. It doesn't even matter. I'm happy to respect and honor the traditions of my Islamic family. It actually feels good to do that. You know, growing up in a, in a mixed Muslim, Irish family, wearing shorts, you know, was not a thing to do. And in New Orleans, where it gets oppressively hot, like it is now 90s and hundreds, you know, even as a young person, that never bothered me. I wouldn't wear shorts around my grandparents, even when it was hot in the summer, because like I knew them like fresh off the boat from Pakistan, literally, it was just like, it wasn't their culture. It was looked upon as something really negative, really bad. And it was just easier to wear something else. And and just honor that kind of tradition, though it wasn't my tradition. That was always an easy one. You know, it, it, we can we get to pick and choose how we show up. And then there were times I got older. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to wear shorts because it's fucking hot. And they're in America. They can deal with it. And that was later on after they had been here a while. And, you know, so this has just been it's been a big Thing for me growing up multicultural, half Pakistani, half Irish, and just the radically different traditions and customs and really loving all of it and getting to be a part of all of it. I see it as more of a privilege than, than a bother. You know, I get to live a multicultural life where there's certain traditions and Islam that, you know, I can choose to honor or not, but it's kind of fun to do that. And I have Pakistani clothing. I'll wear to certain family events now rather than wearing wearing American clothing. And the clothes are just so beautiful. Like who wouldn't want to wear that and kind of glam out now is my mentality. When I was younger, it didn't always feel that way. And, you know, it's self-expression to find your unique self-expression in the context of your family and maybe softening it with being kind and considerate in ways that you can live with yourself. I'm feeling like that's all I have to share today on this topic. Again, I really appreciate your time tuning in. Email me, lisa at NOLA Therapy, if there are topics like this one or others you'd like me to explore, and I'm happy to do that and give you a shout out. You can check out my Patreon campaign. It's patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. It's a great platform where you can support artists, podcasters, other creatives by funding us as little as a dollar a month. 
um, to do what we love. I love doing this, y'all. I'm sure you can tell. It's like <coughs> awesome to connect with you. Find me at NOLA Therapy on social media and nolatherapy.com to schedule therapy sessions. Order my book on forgiveness, empathy, and healing, combining astrology, psychotherapy, and taking personal responsibility. I'm really big on that. Being accountable, being accountable for ourselves is actually empowering, where we are the source of our experiences versus blaming others that we can't control anyway. With that, all of my love, and I'll be with you next week. Mwah. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review All Things Therapy on the platform you're listening from. And let's connect on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at NOLA Therapy, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, reflecting my two favorite cities. And let's keep changing consciousness. 